We are the boys in the band, sleeping in a van, shrugging off the rest without so much as a contingency plan. Contingency plan. Can you make a little baby dance? I think I could. I really think I could. So lend your hearts, ears, money in your hands to the band. All right, guys, welcome back to another show. I am at Fat Mike, and this is the Fat Mike Sports Show. Coming at you really quick. Going to talk some stuff today. We got the Astros cheating scandal. We're going to start it off with. We got the NBA festivities going on this weekend in Chicago here, and it's exciting to have all these superstars here in Chicago. Going to tell you guys about how I tried, yet failed. To get press passes for the NBA All-Star Game. We got uh, Chicago. I heard an interview earlier this week on, on uh, or was it last week? I forget what, what, what it was, but what week it was. But Kyle Long sat down and he was saying, hey, Chicago is, is a place that free agents look at. But is it a place they want to come to? The weather has a lot to play with it. We're going to talk about... Uh, some um, we're gonna talk about the Chris Bryant interview that I saw this morning here on uh, Channel Two, which is there's a lot there. There is a lot there, but uh, let's let's dive into this here. I want to get to this Astro stuff, and boy oh boy, was this an absolute shit show. Um, it, it, it's a disaster with what's going on. They cheated. You know, everybody knows they cheated. That's what's going on. And they had a press conference earlier this week, and it did not look good. It didn't look good at all. And I'm one of the believers that think that this title should be stripped, okay? We got – here in Chicago, we had the 1919 White Sox that – purposely through the World Series for financial gain. And they are banned. They were banned from baseball. And they, they uh, none of the big-time players, Hall of Fame number-type players, aren't in the Hall of Fame because of it. Buck Weaver, Sue Jackson, the list goes on and on. But that's... I don't understand why... Some of these players aren't suspended. Okay, I guess you can't really say who were the ones that were wearing these buzzers or or who were the players that were highly involved in this gene. We know that it had to do with Joey Cora. We know that it had to do with Carlos Beltran. A.J. Hinch had his tip in there. And it's, it's a mess. This entire thing is an absolute mess. And it makes me look at baseball with just complete and utter disbelief, okay? I, I go back to, like, the, the I, I don't mean to, okay? I don't mean to go back to the steroid stuff, but I almost have to, okay? It's one of those things where if I was an Astro fan, I wouldn't know how to deal with this. If in 2016 the Cubs were found that they were cheaters and they won the World Series only because they cheated, I'd be fucking livid. I'd go bananas, Okay, and to bring it to the steroid thing in the early 2000s and stuff like that, when all of that was going down, 
You had, you know, Rafael Palmero, Roger Clemens, you know, big name guys that I didn't see as much. Okay. I mean, I remember them playing. Yes, I saw a lot of them. I remember a lot of their careers. All right, but I didn't see them being a Cub fan. All you guys know I'm a Cub fan. I didn't see them being a Cub fan as much as I saw somebody like Albert Pujols. And when it came out that Alex Rodriguez tested positive, it was no big deal for me. I didn't care. He denied it, yada, yada, yada. Eventually, it turns out that he was caught. He gets his suspension, this, that, and the other thing, no big deal. But if Albert Pujols, so I mean, th those were the two guys that were the faces of baseball at that time. They were the best players in the MLB, was Alex Rodriguez and Albert Pujols. If Albert Pujols would have tested positive for steroids, it would have absolutely broke my heart. That being said, I hate, I hate the Cardinals with a passion. And it seemed like, it seemed like every time he played the Cubs, he, he was up once an inning. And that's, that's, that's how good he was. That, that's the type of player that he, he had that aura. He had that surrounding of him where it was like, this dude's one of the baddest men in baseball. But if he would have tested positive for steroids then, it would have absolutely ruined my fandom in baseball. And now this cheating thing is, is, is an absolute disaster. And going back to the fans, your team cheated. How does that not piss you off? How does that not... How did that? How, how does that not make you as a fan super frustrated to the point where you're like, "I'm done. I can't believe this." My team. The only reason my team won the World Series was because they cheated. Because I tell you this, I don't think the Dodgers were winning that World Series regardless if they played the Yankees or the Astros. But I don't know if the Astros would have would have won without cheating against the Yankees. That team is ridiculous. That that a that that Yankee team, that 2017 Yankee team was gross. And somehow some way you get past them. And then yesterday we sit there, we talk to we're we're talking to Jim Crane and he says it does not the way I look at it, I don't I don't want to I, I I can't find the exact quote. But he says it didn't impact the game. And then in the same breath, he goes back and says, well, I didn't say it didn't impact the game. Which one is it, man? That press conference was a complete fucking debacle. It was ridiculous. And me as an outside perspective, me being a baseball fan first, over me being a Cub fan, I love the game of baseball. It's up there. I mean, 1A, 1B, MLB, NFL. They're up there. I love them both. But me as a baseball fan sitting there looking at this, it's like you're trying to make this game great. You're, you know, you guys have all these, you guys are trying all these new rules and implementing, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And, you know, electronic umpires or robot this and robot that and improving the safety of the fields. For, for players not to get hit, but I didn't hear one single time yesterday, the other day during that during that interview, 
an apology. There wasn't a sorry. There wasn't, there, there was no apology. And the apology should go to the youngsters out there. Because that's the future of the game. That's where the apology needs to go. There should be an apology to the kids out there that look up to that team. Like, hey, guys, you know what? Just man up to it. So, you know, if I'm Jim, if I'm Jim Crane yesterday, I'm saying, hey, guys, listen. We messed up. We cheated. There's nothing we can do. Man up to it. There's nothing we can do. And it is what it is. But going forward, this will not happen again. You know, that's all you had to say. You could have said it with a little bit more sincerity, too. And then you call up Alex Bregman. And then you call up Jose Altuve. Who, it's like, why? Why are you bringing these guys up? And then you, then you, put, you put Dusty Baker up on the podium to take a fall on the sword. Are you kidding me? He had absolutely nothing to do with it. What the hell is he going to say? That blew my mind. That was ridiculous. But it's but it's time for the Astros to absolutely wholeheartedly own up to their cheating. Maybe they missed the sign on maybe they missed all the I don't know how they didn't get the memo on this, but it's ridiculous. I just, I don't know where to go with it anymore. And going forward, yeah, I mean, you fired your GM, you fired your head coach. The Red Sox took part and fired Cora. The Mets took part and fired Beltran. Because you don't know how far this thing spreads. Okay? I understand why they did what they did. They say Beltran was the instigator of it all. And the creator of it all. <clears throat> Excuse me. They said that's that, that's what it was. And it was for him, actually. It was for him because he was struggling. That's how it all came about. Because he was hitting a whole whopping like 217 or 237 or something like that that year. They said it started taking place that at the, in the towards the end of May. Well, his numbers didn't increase at all after it. In 2017, he remained steadily like a 237 hitter. But maybe, you know, like, hey, he's showing long in the tooth. Maybe that did help him hit 237. Who knows? Knowing the pitch that's coming at you is is, is pretty tough. And that's another thing, too. Like, I forget what pitcher it was. I think it was Trevor Bauer. Don't quote me on that, though. I, I want to say it was Trevor Bauer. But he did say, he's like, I'd much rather pitch against a guy who's full-blown on steroids then pitch to a guy who knows what pitch is coming. I, I I believe that. I'd much rather throw against a guy that who's roided out, smacked out on steroids, than to throw a guy who knows exactly what's coming to him. That that that's a big difference. That's apples to oranges. You can strike. How many times? Can you imagine how many home runs Barry Bonds would have hit if he knew exactly what pitch was coming and when? Oh, my God. Can you imagine somebody like, I mean, you can make a career out of that. Just, just you look at the league's best hitters right now. You got yeah, your 300 guys. Can you imagine if those guys knew what the hell was coming? 
excluding out of the out of the Astros because obviously they do. And you bet your ass they they continued to cheat. They said there's no evidence of them cheating in 2018, 2019. My ass, my balls on it. They were still fucking doing it. They were still doing it. I bet you they were doing it all the way up until this year. And you know what? That's even better this year, too. That makes it even more. That makes it even. The, the, the Washington Nationals World Series victory over the Houston Astros makes it that much sweeter. These fucking guys were cheating, and the Nationals still beat them. That's awesome. That's something to talk about. That national team was one of the best and most clutch hitting teams I've ever seen in playoffs. It's it, it blows my mind, guys. This the Houston Astros. They, okay, you fired the coach, you fired the GM, you took away some picks. That's fine, but I seriously think that title needs to be stripped. That's bullshit. What do you do in the NCAA when you find out that you're paying fucking Derrick Rose or you're paying somebody else? You, you strip their title away. What do you what did you do when you found out that the USC was cheating? The Trojans when they when when they went to the Rose Bowl and won. You stripped their title away. You stripped Heisman's away. Look what you did for Lance Armstrong when you found out that he was on steroids. Granted, different thing, still cheating. Still cheating. But this comparison is like, okay, let's do the Tour de France. Give Lance Armstrong a motorcycle. Compared to a, a 10-speed bike. That's that significance of cheating. It's like giving Lance Armstrong no steroids, keep him off the steroids, and keep his two testicles. Keep keep Lance Armstrong's two nuts and, you know, have him keep that. And then take away the steroids and just put him on a put him on a Ducati. And let all these other guys drive, fucking sit there and pedal their way to the Tour de France. Because that's exactly what the Astros did. Now, I, I've had enough talking about this already. It's pissing me off. And it, but that's where I stand on it. That's, 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 I'm a firm believer that you, you got to start stripping these fucking guys and getting what's owed to them. Because they owe, they're owed a suspension. Take away more picks than the first and second round for first two years. Take away their Rule 5. Take away no free agent signings. I mean, I don't know if you can't even do that, but you got to do something. You got to hold these guys at stipula more stipulation than that. Uh, I don't know. I I've went on for 15 minutes about it now, and it's it, it pisses me off. Bring that up. I'm talking about free agents and stuff like that. About a week and a half ago, Kyle Long here was in on Chicago, sitting down with Cap and Company on ESPN 1000 Chicago here. And Kyle Long was on, and I actually, I actually got to call in and ask him a pretty good question, which I liked. I asked him if Mitchell Trubisky would benefit from, by bringing in a hot seat quarterback, someone like Tannehill, Mariota, Dalton, Rivers, someone along those lines. And he said, hot seat, I don't know, but it, any any competition would be beneficial for Mitchell Trubisky. And I agree. But I don't know if it's competition or somebody who actually knows how to play the fucking position. That's the way I look at it. Kyle, I love you. But, I mean, come on, man. 
you know just as much as I do that Mitchell Trubisky is not the answer for the Chicago Bears. He is not a he is not a starting quarterback in the NFL. I am not a Mitchell Trubisky tr- true believer. I I think he blows. But what did pique my pique my interest during that during the three days that he was here in Chicago was was um was that he said that free agents are not, I'm paraphrasing here. What I took of what he said is that the weather has a lot to play in the decision of a free agent coming to Chicago. And I believe it, especially for your NBA guys. I really do believe that. And the reason I think that is because Chicago in the winter is terrible. I mean, I, I love it. I like Chicago weather. I think it's great. But I, I tell you this, for a baseball player, there's nothing better than Chicago weather in the summer. doesn't matter if you're a Sox fan, you're a Cubs fan, but all of us have to admit that Chicago baseball in the summer, there's nothing better. It's the perfect temperature to smell the hot dogs and the onions over there at, at guaranteed rate or whatever the hell you want to call it nowadays, Sox fans. I still call it Comiskey, even though that's not what it is. But there's nothing better than that. Or going up to Wrigley Field and smelling beer and hot dogs and onions. All that. I'm a fat guy, guys. I didn't get this name for shits and giggles. You know, I like to eat. But those smells at the ballpark in the summertime, there's nothing better. There's nothing better. But how much is that? How much does that seriously have to play? How much does the weather seriously have to play? The Hawks have signed some pretty big guys. Bringing Jose in here and that stuff. But the Bears, I mean... They haven't landed a free agent of magnitude since Allen Robinson. Granted, very good pickup. Very good pickup. I love Allen Robinson. He's great. But I wonder how much that has to play into effect for the Bears. It's not a dome team. We all know that. It's a tailgating team. You're outside. You're in the cold. You're in the element. It's not Tampa Bay, it's not San Diego, it's not Los Angeles. Those lucky guys playing in all that 70-degree weather all year. you got to come up here, and at game time, it's 15 degrees on the field with a negative 4-degree wind chill. That sucks, though. It does. Because Chicago is a great sports town. It's fantastic. I think it's it, it, it's up there with New York, and it's up there with... Los Angeles, even though I think all Los Angeles fans are fair-weather fake fans anyways. They root for the team only when the team is doing good. I don't know. I want to get to the Chris Bryan stuff that I saw earlier today, and I don't mean to keep on bouncing around, guys, but I got a limited amount of time to put this on out and do talk about what I want to talk about. Today's show is going to be kind of small, but... The Chris Bryant interview that I saw this morning on the TV was was awesome. I loved it. A lot was being said. A lot was he said a lot kind of in in a, in a couple of different words. And the one thing that was was saying he, he that he said was about people are saying that he doesn't want to be here. Now I'm saying do, do I think it's time for the Cubs to move on? From Chris Bryant and some part of me 
thinks yes, part of me thinks no. But I will say this. I love Chris Bryant as a player. He's a very good player. Do I think he is he a star? Yes, he's a star. Are there other players I'd rather have at third base? Yes, of course. I'd much rather have Arenado. But he's pro him, Rendon, maybe. I say he's a top three third baseman in all of baseball, and we're lucky enough to have him on the north side. But what he said this morning kind of jarred me a little bit. I'm going to play it for you guys here. It's a minute and nine seconds long. And it's, you know, I, I love KB. And obviously something's going around here with the Cubs and him that there's no agreement on. So you guys go ahead, give it a listen. I, I don't even know. I mean, with all the stuff, the talk going on right now, it's like, I, I think I've always had the stance that Yes, I want to play here. I love the city. And it's so, I mean, the biggest thing with this whole, the trade rumors that has disappointed me is the fact that I feel like people, not everybody, but the main reasoning behind it is that let's get rid of him now because he doesn't want to be here in two years. He turned down this monster extension well north of $200 million. And I'm like, well, where was that? I never saw that. I mean, it's just these rumors, sources, people just saying things. And it's like, the only thing that matters is what comes from my mouth. And never once have I said I never wanted to play here. I mean, I'm pretty sure you guys can go through all the recordings, all the interviews. I've always said I've respected everybody in this organization, everybody in the city, the fans. Like, you only have it so good here. And, of course, I would love to play here. So there's a bunch of stuff there. And the one thing that really intrigues me is that he says he absolutely loves Chicago. Another thing that intrigues me is says he's disappointed. And I would be too at this point with all these rumors and speculation going around. It's bothersome. He also states that there was never a $200 million, north of $200 million extension that he's seen. He's never seen it. Nothing's been brought to him. So there's obviously something going on with this Cubs organization and Chris Bryant. Something's going on between them where something's goofed up and fucked up and somebody's getting wrong news from someone somewhere. And you could, you could actually hear the frustration in his voice when he says, he's like, I've never said that. He's like, I, I never said that I didn't want to play here. Check all... My interviews, check all the media stuff. I've never once said that I didn't want to play here. And like I said, I think I understand that you have to give up something to get something. I do. I get it. But do you have to give up Chris Bryant? He's the third. He's top three, top four, best third baseman in all of baseball. And I really do. I firmly believe that he is a top three, top four, top five at worst third baseman in all of baseball. I don't think he's been the same player since his MVP season. And I think he's got maybe his, his head in a little funk after he got hit in the dome. Okay. But the guy is an all, all around all-star third baseman. And it shows day in and day out with that. 
it's tough, man. It's tough. Because I love my Cubs, and I know that, you know, it's been forever since we had a good third baseman. Aramis Ramirez was good. Then we went through years of bullshit over at that corner. And now we got a guy who's, he, the guy won MVP. He is a former MVP. You want to trade him? How many MVPs have been traded? How many previous, how many, how many MVPs have been traded? And looking at that right now, there's been quite a few, a lot more than I thought there were. Josh Donald won league MVP in 2015, American League MVP in 2015 for the Blue Jays. He was traded to the Indians in 2018 after a calf injury. That one I get a little bit. I thought he was on. I thought he was on the decline after that. I was wrong. He's been pretty solid since. Andrew McCutcheon won NL MVP in 2013 for the Pirates. Traded to the Giants five years later. That one I get. He's not the 300 hitter that he used to be. He wasn't when he was traded. Giancarlo Stanton won NL MVP in 2017 and then traded to the Yankees in December of 2017. That's a big one. That's a big one. But that also goes over new ownership. And, you know, but that, that one's amazing. Stanton joined Alex Rodriguez 2004 as the only player traded in the offseason after being honored as MVP since the Baseball Writers Association of America began handing out the award in 1931. And this is, this is from MLB.com. I don't want to plagiarize nothing. That's amazing. Justin Verlander. Won an AL MVP in 2011, traded the Astros in 2017. That's, I understand that. That's because the Detroit Tigers are a fucking dumpster fire of a team. And they need something, anything, to get that team going again. Ken Griffey Jr. Won MVP in 1997 for the Mariners, traded to the Reds in 2010. And had a couple really nice years for the, for the Reds there. Seattle was in a tough spot, and Griffey requested a trade. I understand that. There are some other guys out there. You got Jose Canseco in 88, traded to the Rangers in 1992. But, I mean, that those are significant years of those guys' careers that, that were gone by the wayside after winning their MVP. Rod Carew was one. Won AL MVP in 1977 for the Twins, traded to the Angels in 79. Speaking of a hitter, man, Rod Carew could hit. Seven batting titles in ten years. Reggie Jackson. I hate that man with a passion. <laughs> Not really. I love Reggie. Just his attitude when he was playing was just swag before swag was anything, you know. But it's just one of those things. There's There's been a couple of them, a lot more than I had thought. A lot more than I had thought. But a significant trade like that, I mean, Chris Bryant is so young. He's, what, 27, 28 years old? And you're going to trade him four years? What, what, two, yeah, it would be four years off of his MVP. And like I said, I understand that you got to give up something to get something. But I don't know if that's the smart move on trading Chris Bryant. 
I'm kind of talking myself out of it now as we go. I want to see the guy in Cub Pinstripes. I want to see the guy in that Cubby Blue. I want to see him be a Cub forever. Same with Rizzo. But if you got to get something, I mean, you have to get something because this team is not is not set the way it should be right now. They have absolutely no prediction. They, they have no pitching whatsoever. Their pitching is absolutely atrocious. <clears throat> Excuse me again. And like I told you guys, I, I, I wrote an article earlier in the earlier in the week about the Pagoda predictions. The Pagoda predictions. And I don't know if you guys want to hear it, but I think that this thing is kind of way off. I like what they're doing. I like what they have going on. And the Pakota prediction has been awesome. And I, I look forward to it every single year. So I'm going to leave you with this. I'm going to read my article. And I'm going to go. And this is strictly for Cubs and Sox fans. So, guys, just kind of bear with it if you guys are listening out of state. But if you are listening out of state and you're a Cub fan or a Sox fan, here you go. Dakota predictions and why I think the Cubs and Sox should be pissed. For starters, more than a couple of teams, I guess, are randomly playing 163 games this year, and who knows what the hell that's about. But the last time I checked, I didn't get the memo that MLB added a game for shits and giggles. There was a mix-up there where Pakota predicted a couple teams have 163 games this year. But all the chirps and buzz here in Chicago is nothing but baseball, which is understandable as pitchers and catchers have already reported this week. And I don't blame any Chicagoan who's talking about baseball at this point, especially after that terrible excuse of the Bears in football season we had to endure this past season. Now, I'm not a Sox fan by any stretch of the imagination, but I feel like the Pagoda prediction is totally off on this White Sox team. Being a Chicago Cub fan, I look at this team and I see at what they've done over the past couple of years, and they have built this team for long-standing success with pitching that is young and a solid bullpen with position players that absolutely smash the shit out of the ball. By the way, Sox fans, you're welcome for Eloy and C's. The Pakota predicts the Chicago White Sox will go 83-80, and 80, which is one of too many teams that this computer randomly played, randomly picked to play 120, 163 games. Now, I myself am looking at this as an overall baseball fan first, not a Cubs fan, but a baseball fan. But I believe that you can tack 6 to 12 more wins to that total. With the Sox being in some, bringing in some above-average starting pitching in Keuchel and Gonzalez, and bullpen help in Shishek that will for sure solidify the back end of this team. Bringing in big boppers like Edwin Encarnacion and Yasmani Grandal is tremendous as well, hoping that either of them don't show their age. Adding where much lacking mid to high average bop in the middle of their in the middle of their order. With Giolito coming off an amazing 2019 campaign. He should get the number one in the rotation, followed by Keuchel. A very bold addition that is ballsy but welcoming as Sox fans and starting pitching has not been the best over the past couple of years. 
that is followed up by another new addition in Gio Gonzalez, who last year had a quiet but minimal year with with the Brewers going 3-2 with a 3.5 ERA in 87 and a third innings pitched. But his resume speaks for itself. He's a very serviceable third starter and can and will totally contribute to this White Sox team. The Sox have a very young Dylan Cease who had moments of awesomeness last year, but also had moments of being pounded like a snare drum. Sox fans are hoping that he figures it out as a four, which is a for sure possibility. The fifth starter position is just up in the air as the Cubs' fifth starter position is. Is it Lopez? Is it Kopech? Who knows? Lopez, like Cease, showed signs of brilliance last year against big-name teams, but then got shellacked by teams that went under 500. Kopech dealt with an injury all year last year and surgery and rehab, so it's hard to say. All of that being said, we still haven't brought up Madrigal or Robert. The rookie sensations who I envision having way above average years hitting around the monsters the Sox have sandwiched in this lineup. I'm on record now, guys. One of these two are going to win AL Rookie of the Year. All in all, I see the White Sox grueling out a 162-game schedule as every team in the MLB. But Fat Mike predicts that the White Sox go 90-72, and 72, hunting for the division and really hunting for the wild card. Now to my Cubs. Oh, boy. My Cubs. Goodbye, Joe. Thanks for not blowing Game 7 in 2016 for us. Barely doing anything worth merit in the offseason, losing many pieces to the already depleted bullpen with Shishek and Strobe, losing Castellanos, still not having a leadoff hitter, and, and a starting pitching rotation that's getting older by the minute. Like we discussed earlier in the show, it talks about the league or are wanting to trade their former MVP, Chris Bryant. But that won't help the clubhouse or the fan base morale at all. To this day, we don't know who's going to be starting at second base. We don't know who's going to be starting in center field. We don't know who's going to be the leadoff hitter, and we don't know who's going to be the fifth rotation guy. In my opinion, I think this team is in for a very rude awakening in this 2020 season. And I feel if Pakoda overvalued this team, at an 85-78 and 78 club. Again, another 163 games played team. Starting pitching is old. And they're not getting any younger. They're relying way too much on the comeback of Hugh Darvish, who's in the second half, who in the second half of last year was damn near unhittable and pitched really well. I see him going into the 2020 season as the clear-cut runaway for the number one spot in the rotation. John Lester does not look like the John Lester of old, and it showed last season. He's my favorite Cub, but he is getting older and older by the second. He's in the midst of the Ted Lilly, Mark Burley type numbers, and that last year was proof. Going 13-10 and 10 with a 4.46 ERA. I see Johnny only going 12-10. and 10. Jose Quintana, had, if he had 32 starts against the Brew Crew, he'd be 14-4, and four, and that's putting it on the low end. As a Cub fan, I now, I now understand why the Sox didn't cause too much guff about trading him. Kyle Hendricks, in my opinion, is Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. 
At times he pitches with dominance like an absolute ace, and other times he pitches like a fifth starter. Cubs have tried using him as a two and a three, and it didn't work out. He couldn't match the zeros of opposing pitchers through the early innings. And he struggled, and it shows. So who the hell is going to be the fifth starter for this Cubs team? Is it Chatwood? Yuck. Is it Adzele? Okay. Yuck. I don't want to see either of them, but if I had to pick, it'd be Adzele. Being young, being younger and learn and can learn how to pitch. But Chatwood couldn't find water if he fell out of a boat most of last season. I'm holding back on what I want to say about the bullpen, and believe me, I have a ton to say. Like most of our mamas said, if you don't have nothing nice to say, then don't say it at all. But bringing back Morrow, I will say this, bringing back Morrow is a fucking train wreck. All in all, I see this Cubs team struggling all year to cut 500, going 81 and 81. So I'm going to take the under, and I say that the Cubs go 79 and 83. Those are my predictions for this year, guys. That's going to wrap up my show. I look forward to hearing from you guys. I'll try to post another one in the middle of the week if I can, talking about NBA All-Star. I don't know if I'll get to it. I know we kind of skipped over it today. But that's that's it, guys. That's all I got for you. Tweet me at Fat Mike Chicago. Email me, FatMikeChicago at Outlook.com. Send me some tweets. Send me some messages. I don't care. Let's do it up, guys. Thanks for listening. We are the boys in the band. Sleeping in a van. Shrugging off the risk without so much as a contingency plan. Can you make